We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Lightyears. Andy Lou, we are recording this Monday night after the Warriors Sacramento Kings game. This bottom five game of the season in oh. terms of just excitement level. I know there, there was some good stuff, there's some interesting stuff, but like in general, this was definitely a mid-season just get it over with and move on type of game classic yeah you know not not bottom five in terms of performance but bottom five in terms of watchability that was uh whoo yeah i mean i guess if it wasn't for draymond's kit right what is there really to talk about uh, this shout game, out so. shout out dj green by the way <laughs> yeah, fits. absolutely adorable <laughs> dapping everyone up no matter what shows that it looks like he wants nothing moses moody is like damn man i'm like your age damn near i don't know what i'm doing over here, uh, but yeah, I mean that was probably the most exciting part. Fitz was was grasping at straws in terms of what to talk about, but the game itself wasn't terrible. It reminded me a little bit of like the Orlando Magic game a little bit, where you can see the Warriors kind of coasting through uh, part of it and then blowing them out kind of uh, early fourth quarter there. Um, so it took so, a little bit longer than the Magic game, but you know, classic mid December. So so a couple notes. Um, obviously, both teams have been kind of hit hard by COVID right now. The Warriors without Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. The Kings without De'Aaron Fox, uh, Davion Mitchell, Marvin Bagley. I, I think that's it on their end. But either way, we're talking about both teams missing like kind of half of their starting perimeter. So um, the Warriors, I thought this kind of sucked, to be honest. But like... Uh, it, Kuminga got the start at three. I was kind of excited to see that because in my opinion, he's probably more of a four in the NBA. Not that it really matters, but I wanted to see him get a chance at the three, see how it looked, see, um, you know, can he play that, all all sorts of stuff. And he plays six minutes. I thought he was hyperactive, but what was it, back tightness that he was dealing with? Yeah. So it's it's just – you know, he never really got into the game. No, no one's fault other than that. It's just kind of like kind of sums up tonight's game. Even when you're excited for little niche niche things like let's see what Kuminga can do and let's see how he looks next to Stefan Draymond because that's a little more important than how he looked in Toronto next to, you know, like uh, Jeff right, Dowd right, right. Chris Chioza. We don't even get that. But what's going to yeah, I mean, they're running out of bodies, though. I mean, Wiggins and Poe obviously couldn't play today. Uh, Wiseman and Clay aren't 
aren't back yet. And now Kaminga's going to be out with low back tightness. So, you know, who knows when he's going to be back. The Warriors got two days off to the next game. But, uh, you know, it, it, you don't need, need Kaminga out there to win, but it'd be nice to have bodies. I mean, there's, they're, they're kind of, uh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of last season, right? Where, where they're just, hey, they're getting close. You know what I mean? I mean, the rest of the NBA is too, but JTA and Damian Lee hit COVID for some reason. Knock on wood, right? I hope they don't. But if they got a couple other guys that hit it, then all of a sudden these guys are, ooh, they're going to have to start signing. I don't know. Who are they going to sign? <laughs> but uh, um, that that's that's probably not what we want to talk about. But, uh, yeah, that's that's where the Warriors are at. I think in terms of my big thing, Sam, the big thing they set up to me this game was Andre Godala. Incredible tonight. Turn back the clock, Andre Godala. Andre is one of those players who the numbers are just never going to define him. It's like, oh, he's declining. Oh, he's doing this. And then and then you get a night like tonight where it's like, okay, they're down their second and third leading scorer. And by the way, we never mentioned Clay's not there, and they're counting on him to be the second leading scorer. So they're, they're basically down all their offense outside of Steph Curry. And Andre is like, all right, now I'll chip in 10 points. I'll hit some timely threes. I'll, I'll steady the ship and play backup point guard. Six assists, what, no turnovers per usual? Um, yeah, no turnovers. I mean, just a quintessential Andre Godala game where it's like he does exactly what the team needs him to do to get the win. Tonight they needed a little more offense from him. He gave it, you know. Maybe in a week when Wiggins and Pooler are back, he'll go back to those games where it's like, I think he didn't score anything tonight, but he he, he did some random things to help you win. It's just, it's just quintessential Andre. He's going to turn 38 this year, and he shows 30, 38 is is insane. It's, it doesn't make any – you know, LeBron makes sense. You know, he's LeBron James. He'll, he'll play till he's 40-something. But Andre Godala, man, insane. A couple of things of note that I thought was really cool. Uh, he, in my opinion, shooting threes with no hesitation this season, I feel like he's he missed a lot uh, starting the season. Now it seems like he's kind of warmed up, and, and he's making a few. He made a few tonight. The second thing, defensively, they threw him on Tyrese Halliburton because Halliburton is awesome. Uh, by the way, Kalenic is pronouncing his name weirdly. Uh, I think it's Halliburton, not Halliburton. But uh, he put him on, and Halliburton's amazing at being kind of the shifty guy, right? Like being yeah. super sneaky and like drawing foul, stuff like that. Yeah, you're not outsmarting Andre. So Andre did a great job on him. And uh, just, just I think that the Warriors should look at uh, – at, at icing Andre out again when Nate Wiggins and pulling those guys come back. Cause uh, I don't know how many games he could pull this up for, but they got to keep him healthy. They're going to need him in the postseason. I'll say that. Like he's not a luxury for this team. If they want to win a championship, he needs to be out there. A few other key points. Um, one, you're hundred percent correct. Andre is just until proven otherwise, until I watch Andre be washed out of his mind in games <laughs> that matter, I'm going to assume that, but the players who, we, we probably should have opened with this one. Damian Lee bouncing back tonight. Um, I thought people were getting a little overly critical with him. Like when he plays poorly, I get it. It looks really bad, but I thought he played, you know, seven for eight tonight, four for four from three, the shots finally going in defense has been there the whole time, five rebounds, just he plays, you know, if I had one thing to say, I wish Steve would play him more with Steph Curry, maybe not with the starters as much, but like when Steph is running that second unit, Damian Lee has, you know, Clay and Steph are telepathic. That's like, you're never going to replicate that. But like Damian Lee, for anyone not named Clay Thompson, he knows how to play off of Steph as a shooting guard as well as anyone. And 
this was good to see him have a good game because he'd been having a rough go of it. Yeah, he, he has been. Uh, didn't miss a shot, felt like, tonight. I mean, maybe he missed one or two. But um, his thing was always, you know, he's a decent defender, knows where to be. Like you're saying, good cutter, knows how to play the system, knows how to play the offense. The problem was he was slumping. And we said that, and I said that. But the thing is, like, you can be frustrated with him slumping because he wasn't making shots. Now he is. Right. Um, and and uh, in the in, to start the season, he was making shots, and he looked great. So I, I think, you know, as long as he's that guy, it's, it's going to be um, – it's going to be smooth sailing for him going forward because the shots he was taking today were wide open too. I mean, uh, uh, part of it is like playing next to Steph, but uh, he was wide open. Like he should be making the sh- those shots. But anyway, good for him. Kind of getting out the slump. They need it because um, Poole's got what? It's at least ten days. So he's. We don't know. We don't know what's going well, on with him. Hey, so right, who knows what te- the rules are? Technically not. If he tests negative twice in twenty four hours, he can be cleared. But. It appears if guys don't do that early, they tend to be the full 10 days. Yeah. Like, so outside of guys who've kind of like they get into the protocols and then they test within the first 48 hours, fine. It seems most guys kind of go the full 10 days. And if, if Jordan Poole does go the full 10 days, we're talking about uh, what was it? The eight? What was it? Another seven, six 17th? days? Another um, six days? Another seven days. Actually, you're right. Yeah, it'll be next Monday ish when he gets cleared. So you're talking about at least three more games, yeah. if not yeah. four, without him. So they need they need him. They need they need Damian Lee to continue playing well. Beyond Damian Lee, I thought um, in general this was this was a game for the depth because we'll talk about Steph in a second. But like they just needed everyone to chip in a little bit. Otto Porter, excellent game. Otto. You always want more auto porter, and then you, you just got to be cognizant of the fact that, like, he might be at that stage in his career where you just don't get 35 minutes of him on a consistent basis. He might be like Livingston, where you're like, I, you know, he might be a 20 some minute game guy because that's just what his body allows him. But he played excellent. Uh, Juan played a really good game. Gary, GP, GP, you're firmly, you're firmly on the auto porter. It, it is interesting. Every time we talk about depth guys, you bring up auto first. So it, you're you're on the train. You've been on it day one. You actually were on it before the Warriors even signed him. Uh, I'm very I'm clear. The, I am the conductor. I I literally pulled the train out of the station. I was the one telling everyone <laughs> to get on board. That was me. That, you I'm built the train. Thing. You built the train tracks. With my great ancestors. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. Um, uh, Gary Payton, you were going to talk about it. And I cut you off because I'm excited because I'm the GP2 guy here. Uh, yeah, just, go for it. I just love, I just love him, man. He's just, he's like JTA, but he actually is not scared of going to the rim as a cutter. And he's also not scared to shoot. He knows how to – and he's more impactful defensively. Did you see the end of the first um, – Yeah, I was going to say, uh, J- J- JT is one of those guys who's just good at everything. Um, GP2, right? GP2 might be top five in the entire league in terms of, like, on ball. Like, just – like, how many how many guards are better than him in terms of pressuring ball him? I, I mean, I, we're all quiet right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I throw Beverly out there, but you know, sure. he's, he, he, but, he's but that. that's that's the point. You're you're pulling exactly. up like the, the best of the best that you can think of, ten year vet type of guy. You know what I mean? I threw, I, I threw Tony Allen out there. He's obviously not in the NBA anymore, but like Tony Allen had that great feel, and he was always around the ball. The deflections that he gets consistently on the ball is unmatched. Like 
prime Mike Conley, Drew Holiday, right? Those type of guys. But those guys are like all defense type of players. Obviously, they're on the court also because they're all they're great offensive players. But yeah, I mean, GP2, I just always feel like he needs to play more. It's just he's so, so damn good. And he's also the crazy part is everybody knows this, but isn't, isn't he such an incredible finisher at the rim? You yes. rarely ever see him miss a layup or even a contested layup, even though he's 6'3. He's only like, he's your height. And he's out there just finishing against seven footers. It's insane. Yes, believe jumps it a little not. higher. Jumps a little higher. B- believe it or not, both of us are over six foot, despite what the internet says. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, GP GP is one of those guys where it's like everyone. If you look on the scouting report, it'll be like, oh, he can't do this, he can't do that. But if you watch the game, you're like, dude, he's just impacting the game. I I don't know how else to put it. He's he's getting the Warriors out into transition with his defense. He's changing the energy of the game at all times. And I wouldn't be so pessimistic that his jump shot won't come around. He can't be a decent catch and shoot guy over the next year. Like I think he's I think he's found money for this Warriors team. And he, you know, of the of the G League guys that they have, Damian Lee, Juan Toscano, and GP2. I think GP might be the one who the guy you might want to throw into serious playoff games. Oh, oh, it was either him or Lee, right? Cause <laughs> I, I think Lee, if Lee's shooting 40% from three, now that that's a skill you can't, you can't Yeah, But I think you're right. I, I think like against the feeding Suns, I thought he should have played like the Chris Chioza stuff. I get why Steve does it. He doesn't turn the ball over. He managed the offense, but obviously he's not going to be on a playoff roster. So he's not going to play out there. He's not going to be doing a shot. But as the backup guy, I think GP2 is going to be that guy that Steve throws out there as the energy guy. Um, I mean, shoot. I, I just – I can't exp- – I can't, I got no more words for him. I think he should play every single game. They should play 18, 20 minutes a game. Now, part of it's like – part of it is like I think teams have figured out like, hey, he can't shoot. Let's not worry about him offensively as much. So you don't see as many of the, the alley-oops and stuff like that, especially right. in the half-court set. You're never going to see him again probably. But but defensively, it just – especially for for this team – I think he tweeted something with the, just along the lines of the defense this team plays, just number one by far in the NBA. Like he's one of the main reasons why, because they they're just locked down defense forty eight straight minutes. You're not another another game where the defense scores under hundred points. They're not just like oh Draymond's off, they're not going to be able to defend. Oh Andre's not playing, they're not defending. No, nah, it's forty eight straight minutes you're getting locked up. Yeah, pretty much. I mean Draymond, by the way, had another excellent game, sixteen point triple double, hit his threes and attack the rim with some consistency. Um, we're talking low float game too, though, low floater that he made for whatever reason. Um, it's just, I mean, the depth of this team really shows on nights like for Sacramento, because we, we gotta get, we gotta talk stuff. I, I meant to lead with this. Yeah. We got into different directions. Um, his efficiency came around at the second half of the game, but still just kind of in a slump for his standards. And you know, it speaks to his standards that ending the night 13 for 27 is considered a slump. But if you watch the game, it was what a C plus performance for Steph, like like up to his standards, really. Like, and and that's just kind of been the name of the game of December for him. Like, he obviously does great things, helps the team win. Um, he can he can shoot one for ten and still be the best player on the floor. Like, that's just how it goes with him. But it's just we he's had this month where it's just like I know what Steph looks like when he's rolling and this is not what it is. Uh, yeah. I mean he's slumping. Thirteen for twenty seven. Yeah, sure. I mean the percentage is evened out. 
what, four for 11 from three. It's just, it's just, they're wide open shots. He's missing open layups still. He's even shooting mid-range jumpers now to try to get his rhythm back. He's missing those. Uh, his rotations are all funky right now because of the, because pulls out, Wiggins is out. And so he played the whole first quarter. And then he comes out early in the third quarter and play the last three minutes. So, Again, it's like I, I've brought it up where it's like maybe some of that's breaking his rhythm, but I think a lot of it is just the guy is slumping. It, it happens, man. It, it just it happens to the best people, the best shooter of all time. Yeah. The the layups for me are the weirdest part. Like he missed at least two in this game that weren't contested. Like there were cuts that he caught and he was going full speed, but like come on, that's that's a ten out of ten shot for Steph Curry, and. There's no other explanation other than it's the dog days of the NBA season and maybe he's he's a little tired or some rhythm's off or something's going on, but it's like some so slump. We know we know what he's capable of. We know the standard he's held to. And I'm not particularly concerned about it, but it is no. just, it's bizarre to watch. There's no yeah. other way around it. It's like really? You know? Like, <laughs> and then and, and, and that's the thing with Steph, because probably in two months. He's gonna go on a stretch where he miss he make makes everything, and then he's gonna even it all out, and it's just gonna be like, yeah, he had a bunch of fifteen for twenty games, and he made a bunch of BS shots. So, uh, you know, forty percent yeah. on three point volume. I know he's ticking right under it right now on the volume mm-hmm. that he's had and slumping the way he has is hilarious because because that means he's gonna shoot like forty four in the second half at least forty five percent. Um, so I'm, I can't wait for that. It's better to do it now, right, than later. And plus, we're used to seeing this. I think you, you tweet this. MT writes about this. We're, he does this every single – this is not the first time he's done this. So um, the layups is a little weirder, though. Maybe some of that is uh, – I know somebody mentioned that Nate Duncan said it was a, an age thing. I don't know if I agree. Some of it just does look like they're open layups that he's missing. It's not like I he's would, taking extremely high difficulty layups. I'm not I sure would. if I agree. I would buy the age thing if we're talking about his ability to finish through contact, but like literally <laughs> these were non-contested layups. Right. Um, I, I think age shows in his inability to beat the man out of ISO every now and I agree. Then. I agree. I agree there. Yes. Um, but like tonight, like, I mean, you can see the clips post, you know, go look on NBA.com or Twitter or something like that. Like, they were wide open misses. They were nothing other than like bizarre. Yeah. So no. I don't know. It's everyone's always waiting for the demise of Steph. <laughs> well, uh, yes. He still look. He still looks physically incredible. They, but again, they've got a tough schedule coming up. The next eight games. We're gonna do pods after every one of them. But uh, they got a tough next eight games coming up. So two days of rest. Then they get Memphis, and then and then one day off they get Phoenix. And and uh, the more rest they think gets Steph, get Steph, the better. Yeah. All right. Let's open this to the callers. Golden State Warriors basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Warriors tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T I C K P I C K, is the original no fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NBA tickets. If you don't believe it, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will actually give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. I actually did that for the San Francisco Giants game against the LA Dodgers game one, compared it to another site that I usually use. TickPick was actually cheaper. Uh, so there you go. But make sure you go to TickPick uh, for all your Warriors tickets games this season. Visit TickPick.com today to save $10 on your first order of 
Golden State Warriors tickets. Again, it's TickPick.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Goon time. Ryan, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up? Uh, First off, as far as the Persian spots go... Mostly in the supermarkets, there's some nice Iranian markets down here that you could go get Persian food. Don't go to like the chain ones like Daria and shit. That just doesn't fly. Or, um, yeah, but the best overall is just parents cooking, honestly. So Well, that, that, that's Persian. true. I, I, everyone knows with, with proper ethnic cuisine, the best food is always with, with grandma. There's, it's just <laughs> it's never compared. But anyway, let's keep moving. Yeah. Um, what's the call? I just wanted to talk about Otto. I feel like this guy gives Andre Iguodala vibes. He just hits big shots whenever, and he makes big defensive plays. He's going to win us three playoff games is what I'm calling. That guy's just going to come up and be in a lineup. I think he'll close essentially with Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Otto, and Dre most nights. He'll fluctuate with Poole if you need offense or Andre Iguodala if you need defense. And I'm just really excited for this team. There's seven guys I feel comfortable with in a playoff setting. And getting these guys extended reps with players out from COVID and injuries really helps them feel comfortable being in big moments. And this was another one for Otto tonight, as he's had in the Suns game, multiple other games. Just a fun player, man. Ryan, who are your uh, who are your seven? Because you, you say seven very specifically, and now I'm curious. Okay. Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Andre, Dre, Poole, and uh, Otto. I trust 
definitely. Those are seven guys I'll go to battle with any day. You could throw JTA in for spot minutes, GP in for spot minutes. Those are guys who are going to be fantastic energy guys coming to playoff series. And then if you need the um, the fire extinguisher, you could throw Kaminga in for like two minutes, three minutes, just to flip a game like how um, Thanasis did one game for the uh, Bucks just to get the fans up. We have so many options that I'm just enthralled by it. It's It's fun to watch. Ideally, you'd like one more creator, but... I feel like we have seven comfortable players, which is all you need in a playoff series. I like it. I like it. And by the way, Ryan, appreciate the call. I think I agree with that. You give me seven guys with three to four like spot minute options on top of it. I think that's a solid playoff rotation. Andy. Yeah, I think you know if Looney throw Looney in there, um, but I think oh yeah, we didn't we didn't mention Looney, so that's eight guys because yeah, Looney's I... Looney's an untouchable with Steve. Yes, well, you know, you know, come down to a best of three series. You know, I could see that against the Phoenix Suns, Looney might become a spot minute guy, right? Just me, the first five six minutes of a game guy. So I could see that. But yeah, I mean, those eight guys. Uh, Ryan said it. He kind of finished off the point for me. Is hey, look, you you'd want one more guy to be a shot creator. You know, what I mean, you'd hope that Jordan Poole can be a better player, a better shot creator than he is right now, but. You know, barring some type of superstar, like that's not going to happen. This is who you got. I think it's good enough. I, and, you know, we're all just waiting for Clay, man. January, what, is, what would you say today? January 9th or January 18th. We're all just waiting. He could play right now. That's what they keep saying. They keep saying that he could play right now and that he's oh, just getting in shape. So that's exciting. That's such, a, that's such an unfair tease. He could play right now, but he won't. Like, <laughs> they keep they saying that. I know, right? Like, <sighs> yeah. I get it. I get it. It's like they're they're innuendos. He could give you like ten minutes right now. Is what they're trying to get him to a point where he can give you more. That's fair. I want twenty five when he's back. I want him to play thirty six. I need him to be Toronto Clay when he comes back. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just right out the yeah. gate, he comes back looking like a looking like a first team all first first team all NBA. So Mike Walters, what up, man? Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for doing the show after this uh, kind of lackluster <laughs> game. Um, but hey, you know, it's good to see D. Lee back there. He's crept his three point percentage now back into the 30%. So that's good. A little four for four action. But hey, you know, it's always good to see what the Warriors are going to do against these kind of scrub teams and, and, and how the, the roster is looking. I like what Ryan had to say there about like finding out who our right, right seven or eight guys are going to be. What I want to see is what the Warriors do with that freebie from um, the roster spot, right, because of all the COVID protocols and everything. They've done a really good job with Santa Cruz, and I'm interested to see, other than, like, Downton, who else they would kind of give a shot shot to. Maybe we could see someone like uh, Tupain or someone else that we haven't really gotten to see a lot of minutes, get some minutes up here, and maybe they can also be another person to look at later down the line. Um, and so that's some of the things I'm looking out for. And I, I think there's some positives today. And, you know, everyone keep your heads up. And, like, let's hope that no one else gets in the protocol and the Warriors keep this thing rolling. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, McWalters. Key point, no more protocols. That's <laughs> avoiding that. But, Andy, I want to ask you this. So um, not thinking about players with that freebie spot, what kind of player would you like to see them at? Mm. Like what position? What position? Um, well, it's hard to pick the G League guys because the best G League guys are the rookies that the Warriors have. Um, but the type of players I think would be with the guys that are out, someone that's a better version of Chris Chioza, someone that can handle the ball a little bit taller, can get their own shot a little bit. 
I mean, that, that's a tough guy to get. I mean, Isaiah Thomas right. is was someone that just went to the Lakers as making sure. Steve Kerr would never, ever want Isaiah Thomas. Jamal Crawford's out there. Steve Kerr would never and has already said no to someone like Jamal Crawford. But I think someone like that it, it is probably, I think, someone the Warriors need, especially especially in like mid, mid-December into January where these games aren't played at 100%. Like if Jamal I'm – just, I'm just throwing him out there. If Jamal Crawford is on the floor – and he's getting blown by on defense. It's really not that big of a deal. Guys aren't going that hard. So you can live with some of that. Obviously not in a playoff series. But someone like Monte, that. Monte. Monte. Shit. I mean, how old is Monte now anyway? Is he he can't be. Anyway. He can't be 40. He can't be 40. <laughs> he's 36. He's good. Oh, that's not. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, um, I think ball handler, if not a ball handler, um, which Monte would qualify for and Jamal Crawford would. But those are. You know, two kind of known NBA quantities who are just out of the league because they're old. Um, I might also take a wing. Like the thing is, I saw a few people mention Jordan Poole, um, and Jordan Poole is definitely playing well enough to be on an NBA roster. But when I look at the Warriors' needs, they just don't need another big. They need um, they need someone to alleviate the fact that they don't have Clay pool or Wiggins like they need someone who can eat minutes at the one two or three pretty simple to me right so if they can get someone who can do any of those things I think they all work to be honest with you um they just they just need a rotation body in one of those spots I I would like to see what what are the names out there that the Warriors could look at I should probably go to actual actual two pains not a bad one just because he's bounced in and out of the league and he's like I mean he's in the G League for a reason but like he's as good as you're going to get from a G League guy who can potentially hit a rotation, you know, tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So we'll leave it there. All right, let's keep moving. A couple more callers to get to then We're going to call it an early night. William, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going guys? That's good. Uh, what's up? Uh, the first thing involving Steph, uh, I think it kind of right back to the Celtics game. It was like the first game where I thought, this process was right. Doing a little bit more mixing it up, a lot more floaters, although the missing wide open layups is frustrating, but him mixing up a little bit more was a nice change of pace from what we have been seeing a little bit more in December, and it kind of showed up a little bit more against the Kings because in the fourth quarter, he finally figured out how to make layups in open mid-ranger. So it is what it is with Steph. So he's going to figure it out by playoff time. So that's it's just going to take some time. But the second and more important thing is, I, you've already said that the major thing about the Warriors is that they play their best when they play with skill ball, not necessarily small ball. And it's I relate this to like Jordan Poole because whenever Jordan Poole plays with Looney in particular, the difference in, between his efficiency is like 2016 stuff when Looney is off the floor and, <laughs> and bizarro stuff when Looney is on the floor. So my question is, do you trust Wiggins or Joku to become better rebounders to justify lowering Looney's minutes? Or do you think they need to get another guy with the exception? So Ooh, that, that's a great question. So I, th- I think that gets to the Andy. This has been my fundamental question. Can the Warriors play a Steph pool clay 
Wiggins Draymond lineup in the playoffs. Like I know that lineup can score, but can they like defend and rebound the ball well enough when it matters? Clay's at the four. I mean, it, it worked a little bit. Is Clay at the four? Is Wiggins at the four? Like, is right. Pool to, is Paul at the four? Is Paul four? Shit, Steph might be at the four. Actually, he might, <laughs> he's actually he's probably he's actually the second best rebounder of those five guys. And that's kind uh, of the problem. It, it is it is a problem. Um, and why you wouldn't probably rather have Otto Porter out there instead of Andre, right? Or instead of Pool, I should say, um, in that situation, because you know Wiggins play is playing good enough where I think Wiggins is going to close no matter what. I mean, until we see him, you know, play worse, but I think he's, he's very fucking good right now and you got to keep him in. So I think you're going to have to play Porter instead of in pool and then just live with the fact that you're only going to have one ball handler in, in that you're only going to have Steph and he's teams are going to double him. Draymond's going to get the ball and Draymond's going to kick to Otto or clay in the corner and, and, or wigs, right? I think you live with that. I don't think pool is closing I, I, in that situation. I don't think he is. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, let's be real. It's not going to be auto or pool. We know who's closing lineup. Yeah, it's going to be Loon. No, it's going to be Andre. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, that's true. The same thing. Well, it's small ball, but it's small ball, right? They're going to go small ball, Draymond at the five, and they're going to close with Andre and, and Steph Clay and, and, and Wiggins. And, and to his point, this is kind of why I've always been, you know, intrigued with the trade possibilities. Because they have a bunch of good players, but if you can consolidate them for one better player who fits everything, you know, like Pascal Siakam, for example, or something like that, like you got to do it. But like, I, I think we're also at a point in the season where it's like, there's no point in talking about it because it's not going to happen. And the way they've played, it's oh, yeah. kind of oh, yeah. worth, it's kind of worth just seeing what you have in the playoffs instead of just, you know, like, I have my preconceived notion, but dude, they're they're playing so well that it's worth seeing how this works when it gets to the playoffs. So 100%, it's like, right? It's 100%. it's point it's pointless to discuss like any of that stuff. So if if there were five games above five hundred and and Otto Porter wasn't playing very well, he's you know kind of injured and not making shots, and Andre right. looks old, and and Andrew Wiggins is kind of you know maybe reverted back to Minnesota, Andrew Wiggins, then yeah, we're having this conversation. But the twenty games over five hundred. You know what I mean, and and we're watching what we got. I'm with you. They're they're not doing anything, and I think you you figure it out. I think it's good enough. Yeah, I, I, it's just it's just very clear to me this team is only making a trade if it's a clear W. Yeah, and yeah. so and that's fine. They, they, that's how kind of how it should be. All right, let's keep moving. Ooh, hey, what's up, show. Aaron? Been a minute, boys. What's happening? Oh, what's oh happening? shit! Oh, there right we go. Wow, I was I was just about to rest you. <laughs> no, you know what? I when it uh. The whole app shut down when you went to me, but um, classic. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Green room for the win. Um, at what point, you know, I, I, I text you. I don't know if you, you mentioned this earlier, uh, Sammy, but I text you saying I thought that Steph was going to have 50 tonight for a couple of reasons. One, because the other two best scoring options were not available for the Warriors. And then also the Kings that are most equipped to guard him were not available. Right. Um, at what point, and I don't know if you guys have been talked about this at all, but is anybody actually like a little worried about Steph? Um, he was more willing to attack, uh, tonight, uh, getting to the rim. He didn't finish well again. He was taking a, a few more of the mid range jumpers. 
but it's it's like going back a couple weeks now it's a bunch of just butt naked wide open threes that he's missing are we starting to get a little like he's gonna finish at 42 43 percent on three from the year but are we worried at all yet oh we were we were talking about this earlier i'm not but i'm i'm officially agitated is the best way to put it like it's it's beyond the, the standard three to five game slump. It's like, bro, it's been like pretty much all of December where he's been doing this volume score, um, missing bunnies, missing open jumpers, just kind of stuff you're, you kind of take for granted. Like he might have a higher percentage on contested shots than open shots in the month of December, which, which kind of means that it's, you know, BS. Yeah, I, I just don't know. What, I just don't know what else to say because I, I don't see any sign that it's a decline thing. Like I don't see anything that indicates to me he can't get a shot or he's being bothered by defenses. I just see a guy who's slumping, which is just way more annoying. It, it, so, there's no so way to put it. Maybe the question though is right because I, I agree with you. Like physically, he looks as good as ever. But uh, we keep waiting for the age to catch up with him. Um, and maybe that is reflected in his diminishment at the rim first. And then, like, the, the open threes are, are strange to me because he is, like, he's, he's been hunting threes, which I think is the right way to do it, and has been less willing to take floaters. But they're just, those wide open butt naked threes are not going in. And I, I look, I say this, as the, he's my favorite player in the league. So it is not like any Steph slander I am I'm trying to get. But but something just seems not quite right to me. And it's yeah, strange. But, but you, you, said, you said it right there. He's missing the most open shots ever. I, I, I think, um, like, unless you think he can't shoot, <laughs> you know, and I don't think we think that. I think no, no, we definitely no, no, we definitely. I, think, I don't, I don't think there is some magical fairy dust that has caused think, Steph Curry not to be Steph Curry anymore. I think he was. I, I think at this point we can be honest. The the record stuff was in his head a little bit. Yes. And now I'm now I'm just waiting for him to kind of hit a groove to get beyond it because there's it's the gonna, assumption. It's the assumption he breaks the record and then the next night he goes supernova and that's not how it usually works. <laughs> It's, yeah, usually, it's, it's well, okay, yes. Yeah. It, it is kind of how it works. <laughs> no, but yeah. like, but you're right though. He's not, he's not a robot. But I look, man, it's going to be a great month of January, is what it's going to be. Because not only is he going to be back in rhythm, making those open shots that you were saying, but Clay's going to be back. He is seeing two, three guys a night every night, and obviously he's been seeing that since last season uh, with Clay out for so long. Some of it's probably got to wear on him a little bit, right? I think part of the open looks with stuff is just like Steph's like, Oh shit, I'm actually open for once. And there's like a, maybe a little bit pause in his mind there. So I, yeah. I'm not worried because part of, like you said, like a lot of it's just open shots that he's missing. So I'm not worried. I think part of it is like, Hey, like everything's coming together here in the next month where the record's done. He's going to get some rest and Clay's coming back with the floor is going to open up. And I think hopefully Jordan Poole is going to be back. Andrew Wiggins going to be back. I think I look, if this extends into March, then let's have a discussion. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, we're well, yeah, giving the benefit of the doubt. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And 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 as as you mentioned, Sammy, as you mentioned on Twitter, this is something that happens with Steph periodically. That you know, at this time of the year, he happens to be thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine percent. Right. He's going to finish forty-two, forty-three percent. 
The only difference is now he's, you know, older and older and older. And even this year, as compared to previous years, there's more volume. So maybe that matters. Um, but yeah, I don't, it just, it's kind of, it seems kind of weird. I'm, we're waiting for that. Okay. Here's Steph again. And you get it in little pockets. I also think that perhaps the, the uh, change in his normal rotation is kind of messed with him because in those moments, you know, today, he well, not today, but in the previous game or so, he's been back to the full first and full third. And then today, full first and most of the third. It seems like that maybe has, when he does get it going, has, has stopped him from really being able to get it going because he knows he has those 12 minutes in a row that he can just really get cracking. So maybe that's part of it also. But something has just seemed kind of off, which has been weird. Yeah, we're going to end it there. Aaron Larsoul calling it. Steph is going to get 60 on Thursday against the Memphis Christmas. <laughs> but, but, I thought it was going to be today. It was all set up from today. The, his, the, the two best it, scorers on the team other than him and nobody to guard him on the Kings. I more, thought it was today. It's it, it would be more Steph Curry style to, you know, heat up and have his, have his comeback performance against the hottest team in the NBA, which might be the Memphis Grizzlies. Hey, 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 by the way, by the way, we need to have a discussion about the Memphis Grizzlies who went nine and one without Jaw. They come back. Jaw comes back tonight and they lose to the OKC Thunder. So I'm just Andy, Andy, I love it. Andy, Andy, Andy. Push the agenda. No, I love John. Open. Yeah, let's. It's time to open a hazy. We're going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate Appreciate you. All right, we're going to end it here. We're going to be back (laughs) after the Memphis Grizzlies games. Uh, You guys have a good one. Bye, everyone.